Previously on the McCovey Croncast. This is where they're at. The Giants have played 16 series in the second half, and they've won two of them. They are bad. They're done. They're they're done. They're done. They're done. Brian, you stupid piece of Greetings. You are now listening to the McCovey Croncast. Stand by for your hosts, Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni. They will be discussing your favorite baseball squadron, the San Francisco Giants. Take it away, Brian and Doug. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, I, I, um, I've eaten so much crow today. It tastes really good. Um, it's... You're listening to this on Monday, October 3rd, but, you know, Doug and I are drunk on wild card victory right now on Sunday night. Doug, the Giants are going to the playoffs. Did you ever think? I didn't. Um, I mean, if if they happen to lose to the Mets, there will be that part of me that thinks, well, they didn't get to the real playoffs. <laughs> but these are the playoffs. Yes. It's so a playoff. It. Yeah. They they got to the finish line. It kind of felt like the uh, Star Trek Voyager episode Timeless, where the quantum slip slipstream drive failed, and Voyager was that close to getting home, but wound up crashing on an ice planet, and everyone was killed. So, <laughs> so maybe. So what you're saying, what you're saying now, is that Kelby Tomlinson went back in time and saved the wild card. Well, I think Mac Williamson he got out he got he was injured, right? So he sent yeah. he sent the quantum slipstream uh instructions that disrupted um the the their journey. So they got out in time and and they'll take their shot at getting home another way. So, <laughs> that's the state of this Croncast everyone. We're talking Star Trek Voyager. But uh what I a know there's a huge audience for Star <laughs> Trek <right>. Voyager. <laughs> uh a couple of things. The I guess the big one beyond that they're going to the Giants are going to the playoffs is uh, what a wild week uh, since last we recorded. The who would have thought they were kind of sputtering in? They they struggled against the AAA team of the San Diego Padres, and the Rockies have played them extremely tough at AT and T Park. And you thought, oh, the Rockies never help the Giants during the end of the season when there's a playoff spot on the line. So they're not going to just roll over for the Giants. And they did. (laughs) They really did. And then Bruce Bochy said, you know, the Dodgers have struggled against left-handed pitching all season, except against the Giants with one exception, two exceptions being Madison Bumgarner's recent great great game and Matt Moore's first start against them. But other than that, it's not really against the Giants. They've been average. They've been decent. But he decided, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. The the averages they haven't been good. Three, um, they had uh, two lefty starters in a row uh, after after Cueto started. Nope, I'm getting them all wrong. They had three lefty starters lined up in a row. Uh, and I guess what I'm getting at is Ty Block emerging. A, a crazy week of Giants baseball in which the Padres hand the Giants their butts to continue the butt-ass Giants streak. <laughs> and then somehow they're able to win a series in time to sweep the Dodgers, and it's helped by Ty Block. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ty Block's start was was 
one of the best of the year. I mean, it's hard to say it's better than than Matt Moore's almost no hitter, especially considering that they were in such a tailspin spin when when Moore threw that game and it was in LA and Dodgers were still fighting at that point a little bit more. But when but Blocks was probably the most fun to watch because he got the ball and threw it and got the ball and threw it again. And that's one of those things that when you're watching a baseball game and just the pace is really fast and things keep happening and you don't have to wait. And like, if you check your phone, you feel stupid. So you don't, but you don't even resent it. That's, right. that's a good game. <laughs> and he beat Clayton Kershaw. And he beat Clayton Kershaw. I had two hits off of Clayton Kershaw. He pitched eight innings. Uh, the game was shorter than a Marvel movie, shorter than a DC <laughs> movie, uh, and far more entertaining. Really. Um, the, it, it, it was the, the last week of the season. It's really that giants way of how they, it, it, I wouldn't say a, a, a switch was flipped, but I guess that is what happened. I don't want to admit that because it seems like that is Im- impossible. You can't do that. But the last week of the season it's like they woke up or they sobered up or they tightened up or they focused up, you know, they, they, they played to the level that we were used to. And maybe you might argue, Oh, maybe they were a little bit luckier. Uh, as Grant pointed out in his recap yesterday that, um, you know, the giants, they, they, they scored 10 more runs than they allowed in the second half, you know, their record, by all the other metrics should have been better. They should have been at least a 500 team. Um, and after they started the second half, 11 and 23, remember that that actually happened. Yeah. Uh, the giants then played 500 baseball in their last 38 games, uh, which is, a, is really a miracle. <laughs> 11 and 23. A lot of teams don't come back from that, but they had such a big lead. You know, they won in, in enough spots, you know, uh, you know, if they had like if they had been swept by the Braves, let's say, it's a completely different complexion, right? Because uh, the Braves have been playing everyone well uh, in the second half. So, all I'm getting at is somehow the Giants rolled into this last week, and I guess it's one of those things where, you know what, you better make sure they're dead, <laughs> because if they're they've got even a pulse, you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean the 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 especially. You can take the even year uh, magic, I guess we'll call it on the podcast. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can take that, and I don't know that teams are so worried about that. But you know, the Giants, the Giants have experience, which people in the postseason, uh, specifically having success in the postseason, specifically winning three World Series within the span of five years in the postseason. Uh, I'm not sure if, if any of you out there knew that, but they did that. They won <laughs> three World Series in five no. years. Yeah. No. Um, and so they have that. And then what they have is they have a starting rotation that's been performing really well for a bunch of weeks now. And it's been kind of lost because, you know, you get the offense who haven't been doing that so much. But um, but the, the rotation's been really humming along. The bullpen has not. The, the rotation's been great. And then this last week, uh, the three against the Rockies, the three against the Dodgers. Suddenly, the offense shows up in in every game except for the Chatwood one. Suddenly, the bullpen, you know, they're not called on to do things that are as hard as what did. You know, there weren't that many close leads that they were protecting, but when they'd come in, they would do a good job. 
the closer situation is now stable with Romo there. I think we can all agree on that until he blows a save horrifically in the playoffs. And we wonder why we're so stupid to believe that. And well, the team looks dangerous. Well, when you only have to get six to nine outs as a bullpen, that's preferable to the 10 or 12. They were sort of having to get through many patches of the season. Um, you know, and Samarja sort of riding the ship. That's been a big help. Cueto bouncing back. Cueto's had such a great season. It feels so stupid for me to say bounce back. But, you know, being able to kind of get back to that maybe close to seven innings. You know, Bumgarner, his first half and his second half, he was clearly better in the first half. And the last month or so of the season, he hasn't looked especially dominant. Uh, Heading into the Dodgers start in his previous six starts, his ERA was like 480 or something. And a lot of that was that Padres game. But basically, you know, he hasn't looked like this. He's tired down and he hasn't looked like the main guy, but seven innings still, you know, and if you're shortening the game that way, now Bruce Bochy's not having to think uh, of the five pitching moves he's going to have to make. He's thinking of the two or three he's going to have to make. And that I would think we'd all, I think we'd all agree that in a bullpen roulette situation, that's far less likely of finding the bullet that kills you. Yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah, the pitching, fantastic. Offensively, you know, this it's only been a week, and uh, we're going to get to what is in store for them two days from now, um, where this would probably erase what I'm about to say, but they're hitting the ball harder. I mean, the Giants have been – maybe their strikeouts have gone up slightly a little bit in the second half. I'm guessing. I'm not looking at the numbers it seems like that'll be accurate, but the contact, it's still a contact team, a high contact team. They're still not going to be one of the most strikeout prone teams in baseball on uh, a given season, but the past couple of months, they were not hitting the ball hard. They just weren't even doing that. And, uh, and somehow this week they were able to do that. Uh, I don't, I say somehow because I don't know how it's <laughs> the same. It's the same guys. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, but Denard Span, I mean, I guess, you know, the, the line from him, from himself is I'm a second half player. Well, I guess he's waiting for the second half of the second half he's of a, the he's second a half. He's the last week of the season. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, whatever works, man. <laughs> no, Denard Span this last week was a lifesaver. He was, and he was making every play in center field too. You know, Pagan, yeah, and Pagan, yeah, and we will get to Pagan's week. Yeah, I am yeah. sure. Yeah, oh yeah, we have a lot to get to, but yeah, you're right. And Denard Span finally looking a little more comfortable. But when you watch Gorky Hernandez play out there, you're like, ah, he should be playing more. In any case, that's not really a complaint. It's just there are now things that we can latch onto that are positives about the Giants, which we could not say the previous three months. <laughs> That is true. It's <laughs> nice to have them play well for an entire week. I've missed that. It's yes. been like three months. Uh, I mean, the Giants, uh, now let's start trickling, like looking at the things that are sort of familiar to us. Um, you know, Nolan Arenado gave the Giants a game Oh, this past week. Nolan Arenado takes games from the Giants. <laughs> he does not give them. So, they got a lucky break. You know, I would say that in terms of baseball luck, the Giants have had a really crappy run of it the past since the All-Star break, really. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm so I'm not saying they're due. I'm just saying it was surprising on two levels. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting it harder on it. It being Nolan Arenado, probably the best defender. Yeah. In the National League for sure. Corey Seager is pretty far up there, but at third base, he's probably the best in baseball. No question. Yeah, I mean, uh, it. that reminds me of that old Simpsons quote when Marge said to Bart, it's good to see you giving back to the community after taking so, so much away. <laughs> uh, and so, and that was on a bunt by Johnny Cueto. So, yes. so there was a lot of joy in that moment because Johnny Cueto's magic and maybe Nolan Arenado was simply in awe and entertained and he kind of forgot he was playing or, or maybe his brother was like come on man because his brother Jonah Arenado was on the San Jose Giants this year the Giants high affiliate uh, he's in the Giants system he had, a, he had a good year with them and you know maybe he was like come on man give just, us one just give us one just help us help me out and uh, and he probably said, "Okay, I'll do it if something stupid like Johnny Cueto tries to like bunt for a hit or something." Exactly. <laughs> but that's a good brother. If that's, that's what happened, brother. that's I mean, a good brother. You know, there there are a lot of things I don't like about Nolan Arenado, but you can't say he's not a good family man, right? And so you know, with the Rockies, it's simply uh, so. I, I guess I am jumping tracks again but essentially you know the Rockies have never helped the Giants when they've you know could you beat the Braves could you could <laughs> you beat one. the Dodgers just you know do something to help the Giants out and they never do and this week they did you know pretty well and I would say for them you know it's good that Tyler Chatwood showed that on the road he's a fantastic pitcher he's pitched he pitched lights out for them this year and so and against the Giants was a tough matchup he's got hard heavy stuff so it's a tough matchup Giants didn't get the sweep uh would have been interesting to see what have happened if they had swept this entire week because you know the Mets it could have affected something the Mets comfortably ahead but at the same time you never know you know the Giants sweep the Rockies, it changes the complexion. Who knows? So, um, in any case, what I was getting at was the Rockies, uh, were seemed to roll over, which is a stroke of luck, but I wanted to talk just one other second before I forget. Did, did you know that they didn't, that DJ LeMahieu sat out the last two games of the, of the season so that he won the batting title? I didn't. I remember when he was, I remember he was ahead when, when they were playing the giants and there was, some kind of talk about that, but I wasn't sure that it actually ended up happening because am I going to pay attention to the Rockies when they're not paying the, playing the Giants? Right. Oh and God, no. And he was going up against uh, Daniel Murphy, the now Washington national former <laughs> Met. And, uh, and uh, I'm very much like fifth starter on Twitter. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> I am the David Daniel Murphy confusion all the time. David's not even playing. No. So it's it's like ridiculous. Anyway, so but DJ, I want to say this like that is um that's that's uh that's some weak sauce, Colorado. That is that is some weak sauce. They, you know, no. The final game of the season, I I might be okay with that. I mean, I still but, think that's bush league, but you know, if you can even halfway justify, it, I'll it'll I'll give it one of those. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, yeah. oh, his hamstring was acting up. Sure, okay, yeah, yeah. you losers. But right. but I'm not going to think about. It. But like sitting him out mo- multiple games, that's that is weak. Like let your fans enjoy a good player who is presumably playing well. 
Yeah, or let him sit out the one before the last one. Yeah. Then it's a little bit different. It's like, okay, now, you know, take your pitches, man. So, or you're going to get strikes because they want to get you out. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, wanted to bring up real quick before we just go pure giants here um, and just enjoy this. You know, you know, screw you, Rockies. Yeah, screw you, Rockies. Uh, the giants back shit you pulled. Absolutely. And folks, here's the stunner for me. The Excuse me, the Giants season. Here's the biggest stunning note about this. The Giants were the best team in the NL West against the NL West. They had a winning record against every team in the NL West. Uh, I don't have the historical record for that about in terms of how many times the Giants have done that. But the Giants did what good teams do. They (laughs) they beat the crud out of their division. Um, And and so, you know, there's a positive. They had an eight game lead at one point during the season. Uh, The starting pitching strong. And now I want to get into sort of all the other things. You talked about Denard Spann, uh, Angel Pagan. Uh, he was kind of going inert with the bat, but for the entire season, he's been one of their more consistent hitters. He, he started the scoring against Kershaw with a right-handed home run, which is always cool to see. You know, it's it's he's had eight home – he had nine home runs, I think. Uh, in the second half, he leads the Giants. Or he has eight home runs to, to lead the Giants in the second half, which is – I think a problem, but right. <laughs> it's an interesting fact all the same. Uh, and, but I also want to say like what I had said on previous podcasts were, were things like, Oh, they don't have their Michael Morse this year or what are they really playing for this year? Well, a couple things. It seems like Denard span could be that guy, but he's had such a basically bad season. Um, it's kind of hard to root for him in that way, but he wants to win. I mean, they all want to win. They all want to do well, but in terms of guys never won it and wants to do it and comes alive when he starts sniffing it and he's close. There's someone that can have some big moments. Pagan is maybe going out in a blaze of glory here. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's almost certainly going out from his giants career for sure. Uh, you've got Ty Block as the rookie writing in, kind of in that aw shucks, I'm just happy to be here. But, you know, saving the Giants when they really need it. Yeah. Uh, which which in their run has been, well, I guess Panic was 14. Yeah, um, Panic was 2014. I mean, Buster would have been 2010. 2010. I'm trying to think of if 2012 that really applies. Uh, um, I mean, Belt was a rookie in that he was playing full time. He, he was. That's true. We could say we could <laughs> no, say Belt. Not really. That's a stretch. But any yeah. chance to bring up Brandon Belt? Right. Right. I mean, because to me, it's like 2012 is like, well, Marco Scudero's the savior. Yeah. I mean, it was. And ways. and yeah. uh, let's not forget, by the way, Ryan Vogelsong, whose postseason that year was spectacular, and is yes. always forgotten about. Bail the Giants. Out. He and and Zito were the ones to bail the Giants out. Yeah. I mean, and Vogelsong pitched Game Three of the NLDS. And he did not have his good stuff, but he was able to grind it out grind and it out, yep. five scoreless innings, which is what they, or maybe one run, but it's what whatever they needed. And uh, that's how, pretty much how the Pirates used Vogelsong this year, including uh, yesterday's game against the Cardinals, which if the Cardinals had lost, they would have been, the, you know, the Giants win or lose would have been the second wild card. But he, he did his best to help out his former team, uh, five innings, one run. And then once he got pulled, the the 
Cardinals just went buck wild on the Pirates bullpen. Yeah. Um, but in any case, you know, good giant. But now Ty Block, good giant. You Ty beat Block. the Dodgers. You beat the Dodgers and make a name for yourself. You're a giant for life. Um, you know, I, I look at – so when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, they have some of those things again that they can kind of spark to. Um, but let's – there's other weird stuff. We're, the I think the weirdest – news of the week was that the Giants traded for Gordon Beckham. <laughs> he was the missing piece. You could tell. He, just, he was. He showed up and immediately the Giants just, oh, we're doing this now. That's right. They they are... Um, uh, was he there on the shutout day? Uh, on the day against the Dodgers? The shutout... I'm sorry. Oh, the, yeah, Tyler Chatwood, Chatwood game. Yes, he was. He, yes, he, he was. There on so. one, on yes, the, yes. The first game against the... the so Broncos. they are 4-1 and one in the... Well, they're 5-1 and one since they made the trade. He just wasn't there on that day. Yeah. But in the Gordon Beckham era... In the Gordon so. Beckham era. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but Gordon Beckham was brought in because, you know, the Giants were facing uh, lefties as well. And they wanted to match up uh, well against the Dodgers there, Rich Hill and Clayton Kershaw. And, and someone looked at like, oh, in like five career bats against these two guys, he's like four for five or something. So, <laughs> yeah. so that was maybe what they were thinking. But what I like about the move, because Eduardo Nunez may not even play in the wild card game, um, is that Connor Gillespie. <laughs> so there's the next guy. And this is this is a lot more like that Ryan Vogel song route. Yeah. Former prospect. Yeah, absolutely. This is the Vogel songiest guy on the giants right now. The, the former giant who's coming back and trying to win it all for his old team. Yeah. That is the, the most Vogel song part of the story. And he made probably the best play of the second uh, of the season for the giants. Though I would say the most dramatic. I'm trying to think of something that's more dramatic, but he, he, Went after a foul ball in the fourth inning, I believe, third, yesterday. No, it was the third, third inning. Because, third inning? Uh, Vin Scully was doing it on That's, the uh, Giants yeah, right. broadcast. Yeah. That's right. And uh, and he he didn't tumble into the camera well. <laughs> he tumbled onto the camera in the camera well. He attacked and then the fell. camera with his body. That's, well. That's right. He made love to that camera. <laughs> but he was fired up after that. And if folks, I don't know. How I don't know everyone, the, our listenership, how much they track every piece of Giants media. But if you're not familiar with Connor Gillespie's personality, first, join the club. <laughs> but sec- but really, there is one fact that we all should know, and that he's a, he's a robot yeah. or robot if you're in the 1950s. <laughs> he's a robot. Yeah, he's a robot. And uh, he shows no emotion, maybe puts the Giants players on edge in the clubhouse. <laughs> Because of it, but he seemed fired up and he seemed excited. And, and maybe he's a guy who's also like Span. He's getting close. He's starting to sense they could do it. And, you know, he's his on base percentage, I think, is below 300 or something. So he's not like some sort of offensive player, but, you know, he's given them good at bats. He's not a great defender at third base, really. But he's been like not bad enough to be like, get him off the team and not so great that you're like, whoa. It's just like he's just been there and he has good moments and bad moments. He's actually one of the few guys that really can pop one out um, off the bench for sure. But so he's an interesting guy. I guess what I'm getting at is in the last since our last Croncast, 
these kind of other things to fill in the stuff I had talked about before, they're surfacing. <laughs> they are. No, I mean, Gillespie, he's, he's so, sort of Scootero-ish in that you're pretty sure when he's, when he's good, you're pretty sure he's not that good. <laughs> like you're, you're like, you enjoy it in the back of your mind. You're like, when is this going to end? But maybe it won't. Maybe yeah. you're wrong. And maybe, maybe he just won't stop. Maybe he'll just be good for a really long time. And the giants are going to somehow win another stupid world series and everyone's going to hate us. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> It's just with him at third and Pagan and left, it's just there's going to be a lot of doubles. <laughs> there are just going to be a lot of doubles pulled down the line or just pulled in the left field. You know, it's going to be rough defensively there. But, you know, they have fired up the Giants in different ways. I, I think, you know, Gillespie is not going to hit a bunch of doubles necess- all the time and all that stuff. But, and maybe, I hope I'm not jinxing this, but it's like he tends to give good at bats. He doesn't. Yeah. Even though they wind up in pop-ups a lot of the time, he's he's still working five, six pitches out of the guy. And that's valuable. That has some value, especially if you then turn it around and Denard Spann's grounding out on the second pitch. <laughs> you know, it, it gets a little frustrating. But if you have your seven or eighth hitter who can who can kind of work some pitches, it's val- it'll may not pay off right away, but in time it will. Yeah, absolutely. He's I mean, he does a lot of things right. Even you can even tell with him when he's not exactly right at the plate or when he's in a slump. Uh, but even then, you know, he is, he's working the count. He's getting good pitches to hit. He's missing them or he's, you know, hitting them right at people. So he looks like a major league player, which seems like faint praise. But on the other hand, the bench was a problem for a lot of the year to right, play and, charitably. And he was yeah. that problem. Right, and and a guy like Ari Adrianza, who the organization has sworn by, even in this last month of the season, they've they're like, no, yeah, no, not Adrianza. <laughs> so, you know, no. I, the one thing Connor Gillespie does not do well, like a major league baseball player, I think you know what I'm going to say here. He doesn't wear batting gloves, so <laughs> um, and that's ridiculous. This is not 1918. <laughs> Brian has very strong opinions. <laughs> yes. Welcome. We're one. I'll compromise. We're one. Uh, <laughs> Doug, who w- led the Giants in home runs, doubles, walks, on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases? Ooh, let's see. There's a lot of there's a lot of candidates here. Let's let's sort of run through a couple of the the more probable ones. Uh, yeah, we've already talked about Ariadrons a little bit. Yeah, I, he's he's second. He's second. He was not. Okay. He did not lead the team. Um, <laughs> uh, Kelby Tomlinson, a lot of big at bats. You know, you'd think he'd probably be in the mix, but is he tied for second with Adrianza? No, because he he had a lot of injury. He missed like yeah. Adrianza, but Adrianza is so much better. You know, in his short time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Tomlinson missed a little too much time. So I guess the uh, only other candidate is Brandon Belt. That is correct. It is Brandon Belt. <laughs> Wow. The much the much maligned, often fan traded player, <laughs> Brandon Belt, is your Giants best hitter. <laughs> yeah, even sometimes a little bit maligned by Brian Sabian. Oh, he's the only player who <laughs> can sit like every year there is up oh, now is the belt discussion. Yeah. You know, they I, even moved past the Bumgarner stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward to next year's belt discussion. I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a good crop of belt discussions next year. 
I mean, Brian Sabian didn't say anything after Madison Bum after they made a T-shirt out of Madison Bumgarner's embarrassing behavior, which we didn't even talk about. Not even the the weirdest thing this week was Gordon Beckham, but we didn't even cover in the last in the last two weeks. Gordon Beckham trade is still the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, but Madison Bumgarner Garner got memeified by the Dodgers in a in it basically he self owned right he, yeah. he owned himself. <laughs> By overreacting to the Puig thing, and basically, Puig is now a good citizen and has more people on his side. So it all backfired for Madison Bumgarner and a little bit the Giants. But he didn't get a talk. Brian Sabian didn't make any public comments about him. No, uh, but he made public comments about Brandon Belt not being an RBI guy. Well, that's where the money lies. That's, that is where the money lies. And I will say this. <laughs> there is actually an, an easier, a better way to make that comment. But it's not, you know, there's something wrong with him for not being an RBI guy. It's we're not using his skills right. Because to an extent, he was kind of right. You know, you don't want him in RBI spots. You want him hitting second. You want him getting on base for Buster Posey. And right. the Giants are finally doing that. And I don't know, maybe it's a coincidence that they're, maybe it's not a coincidence that they're doing a lot better on offense now, or maybe it is because the rest of the team isn't a bunch of stupid garbage losers. But <laughs> the, you know, the oh, hold on. Right this decision, is, and it's, it's one, one good one, week, Doug. It's one good, right. I don't want to call them not garbage <laughs> losers based on one good week. That'd be very presumptuous. Belt probably isn't cut out for the middle of the order yet was the, was the line. Right. And, I think that's true. I, I and now and so what do they do? They moved him into the second spot, and what happened? The Giants went five and one. Yeah, and it was so. A good move. It was a good move. Um, Buster Posey hitting the ball hard though. That's let's not underrate that. That's true. That is <laughs> Buster Posey having better at bats was pretty great, but I would say that it seemed like Buster Posey had more opportunities early in the game instead of late. And maybe that is kind of the key. He's not going to press. I think even the clutchiest, clutch, clutchy, clutchest player is going to have some degree of pressure. They're going to tighten up a little bit later in the game. And if you're the catcher, I feel like you're just tired. So being tense and tired, you're. I'm just trying to find a way to figure out, like, why wasn't Buster Posey saving the Giants? Well, if none of his big prime scoring opportunities were early in the game, you know, the, he's not – that's not the best use of his skills because he's better at hitting those singles and doubles and the occasional home run when he gets those mistake pitches early in the game. But late in the game, it's the seventh inning or the eighth inning. He's like, I've got to hit a three-run home run right now. And that's not easy to do. You can't just dial one of those up. Uh, well, some players can, but most can't. Um, but Brandon Bell has, even when he swings through a pitch right down the middle, which he still does, which is still frustrating, I'll give you that, is he works the count. He takes pitches. So if, if Span decides to just have his two-pitch ground out that he sometimes has and is plummeted, you know, his very low on-base percentage. Brandon Belt's right there to get six or seven pitches to work a count and wait for a pitch he can drive, which is the Giants' philosophy. You know, uh, he's not going to try to do too much to make something happen. And that has been his most consistent trait. I think we'd all agree. Would we like to see him pop some? Yes. I'm sure he would have liked to have hit that home run in Washington far earlier than he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, all things considered, Brandon Belt is the Giants' best hitter. Yeah, no, he absolutely is. That's 
that's you know every statistic basically says that other than what batting average <laughs> well yeah and and uh the other part about it is um you know he wasn't the rbi leader um he he the rbi leader was brandon crawford with 85 and brandon crawford his batting average he his traditional stats batting average and rbi went up uh, versus last year when he was also, if not the team leader, was near the top in RBI. He also was like one of the home run leaders. I think he led the team in home runs last year. In any case, Brandon Crawford has gotten better as well. I guess my point from like a month ago was, <laughs> you know, well, the Giants have an, a lot of nice players to surround a Giancarlo Stanton, but they don't have a Giancarlo Stanton. Few teams do, I know. But I would like to point out, Doug, that Andrew McCutcheon is probably going to be on the market this year. <laughs> That's true. But and is the, he going to be the, the good Andrew McCutcheon next year or is he going to be this year's? I don't know. That's a great point. I mean, the Giants have a Joe Panic to spare. <laughs> uh, uh, but in any case, uh, I mean, wh- instead of going, I mean, game by game, they beat Kershaw, they beat Hill, uh, and they really roughed up Maeda. Yeah, they, they, they were really roughed up. They did. It was, that was fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, they were sitting on all of his soft stuff, and I would say that they were they were not uh, they were really there was a lot more energy there. Denard Span and Buster Posey, and uh, they were they were reaching for pitches, not in the dramatic bad way, but like they were taking that extra effort. Uh, Denard Span's triple was definitely not his triple. He had a hit earlier before that where he kind of reached out and, and yanked it. And, uh, you know, they, so they, they picked it up well and they, they knew what to do with it, I think. And it just seemed like they were, they played focus. It's just like they, they played with that intensity, that intense focus, um, that we have seen over the last seven or eight years, seven years, not counting 2009 there, (laughs) uh, even though they were good in 2009 for the most part. Um, but when it when it the chips when they absolutely have had to when it's kind of snapped on, and I keep saying Gordon Beckham was the weirdest thing of the week. But what was the coolest thing of the week, Doug? Uh, well, the coolest thing of the week was obviously Angel Pagan body slamming the guy who ran up at him. <laughs> Although I will give a shout out to Buster Posey just casually pushing over the guy who ran up at him, which there were yeah, not many was... videos of that, but it was pretty awesome. <laughs> and it's a great picture too. Uh, that that could be a mural somewhere, <laughs> and uh, in the background of that picture of Posey shoving the the guy holding the flower, uh, you can make out the a blurred Bank of America sign. <laughs> what you know, Buster Posey is America, um, and I don't know, he probably banked that guy off the off the field. Um, but so there's some protesters or some peaceful people activists there we go who ran onto the field and uh and angel pagan luring the guy in with his piercing eyes we've all been there yep and he just picked him up and body slammed him and if you somehow are only listening to us and not following the giants first of all thanks but really go find that video um i watched it probably 50 times <laughs> if maybe more <laughs> and so you look at something like that, it was weird and it was fun. Um I think I'm not I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna address the pacifists who don't like violence of any kind and say it's a security risk and the danger to the players outweighs 
the people cheering the violence on. The violence was to subdue the person. And, you know, a security guard's broken his ankle chasing after players or these kind of activists before, you know, people can run up and you don't know what's in their hand. It could look like a flower, maybe not. So, I don't know. But there's there's always going to be people who are like, oh, that's it's cruel or it's painful. We shouldn't be cheering for that. But you know what? Everyone knows you don't run out onto the field. Right. Yeah, if you run out on the field, you're going to get chased. And, you know, you kind of have it coming if you get body slammed by Angel Pagan. Like, well, he made did, your yeah. choice. Yeah. He's, he did the the f- most fun thing in that situation. <laughs> I feel like the, the, the reach out and then grab was what really elevated it all. And it really just brought the Giants back to life. They did something... They were alive, really. I mean, I think hammering Rich Hill was also an, another path to, oh, they're alive a little bit here. But then their personality kind of snapped back. Oh, like, oh, the giants, <laughs> these giants, they're, they're still here. They exist. Um, and it's weird that wrestling is the through line here. <laughs> What is it about wrestling that just drives people crazy? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We've learned one thing from baseball Twitter. It's that apparently 90% of all baseball fans love wrestling. I, I don't understand that before. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's been a memorable week, which uh, I think is both uh, a relief and also a bit surprising just um, given that it's kind of weird to cram so many memorable things into a week that's not the playoffs. Yeah. This is just to get into the playoffs. If you go, you know, if you start to draw a line from don't look at me, the T-shirt <laughs> all the way through to now, a lot's happened for the Giants, good and bad. Um, yeah. Do you want to add anything about Vince Scully that hasn't already been said? I think literally everything has been said about Vin Scully. I will yeah. say this. When I was in college in San Luis Obispo, my, I would watch a lot of Dodgers-Giants games on local cable. Uh, my two memories are the, of, of my specific memories of Vin Scully are two facts that he would give out about Randy Wynn every game. One, that he was the cousin of former major leaguer Damon Buford. And two, he played basketball with Steve Nash at Santa Clara University. I heard those facts at least 50 times from Vin Scully. He loves saying Nacogdoches, Texas. <laughs> he does. He, uh, I will say that uh, having lived in L.A. for as long as I have now, um, that, you know, it it was it's sad that he'll be gone, especially knowing who the Dodgers have in reserve. um, not that I enjoy watching Dodger games it's simply a matter of when you have baseball on in the background sometimes the local team is the team that's most easily viewable in any case um, but it reminds me that thing your childhood is has has so much weight on how you feel about long time events you know I think that when Buster and all them go, that I'll probably be a little emotional. But if I was nine years old when all this started, it would be different. 
I'd feel more strongly about it. If I had grown up with Vin Scully, I would feel more strongly about it. Like, I really appreciate him, and he's clearly the best, um, and also has been a Giants fan this whole time. Right. Secretly, which is a really good troll job, by the way. <laughs> yes, that's it's it's fantastic. Um, so, I mean, he's... so. It's just in those terms, it just reminds me of like, I, I guess it's it, it helped me understand why people go crazy for any nostalgia that reminds them of their childhood at all, because it is very potent, all that stuff, uh, because watching Vin go and and, you know, appreciating him and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, I, I simply appreciated it. There was nothing bittersweet about it or melancholy. And I think in these situations, it's always better to focus on the positive. But sometimes you know, I'm not going to like it. Like I didn't like it when Will Clark was no longer on the giants, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that didn't, I was unhappy. And when I see him back, I still am upset that he ever left, you know, and that's because that's a childhood thing, you know? Right. Uh, and now as an adult, all this stuff is, has operates on, I understand the business of it and X, Y, and Z. And I, and you know, I just can read and understand more. Oh, there's clubhouse stuff. And, uh, get certain aspects of it. Oh, Jeff Kent was Jeff Kent was kind of like that one that first player for me where I was just emotionally invested. I wasn't a kid, but like he was like the last player for me to just. I was all in on Jeff Kent, <laughs> and then as you know, being going from like a stupid sophomore junior in college, or you know, going from sophomore to junior year, then I was like, oh, he's in. He's a jerk. Right. He's a liar. He's a scumbag. Screw that guy. He's still great, but screw him. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was pretty much like that. Um, and so I think that's what it is. It's just that it's the purity that comes with childhood ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Um, oh, I, I want, so we're going to talk about this series that's coming up, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll one last thing about this wild week. You know, six days ago, John Shea wrote an article, published an article talking about it. You know, ask he asked Bruce Bochy the question, has the season worn on you? And given your health concerns, have you even thought about not coming back next year? And then Andrew Baggerly, I think, even in the same time frame, wrote an article about that. There's unrest in the club. There has been all year unrest in the clubhouse because of the bullpen chaos and, you know, Bochy making nine pitching changes every two minutes, you know, that there's everyone's a little unsettled because they don't have roles or they feel this, this or that. And it's destabilized to some extent, the clubhouse. I think we've watched all the, you know, we watch all the interviews or read the quotes and the players have just seemed a little more chill or muted than they have in the past. Not really, seeming alive in a lot of ways and then it just changed yeah like literally that was september 26th that shea wrote that article and and now here today october 3rd right wink october 3rd Um, today uh that that it's they're prepping for new york and and who knows what else beyond that yeah um Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, I guess my point is the seasons, you know, seasons can turn on a dime, but you know, three the Giants 
have had losing records the last three months. They've been the worst team. Of, they're 30 and 42 in the second half. They're bad. They were bad record-wise. <laughs> and six days ago, the press is asking, is this it? Yeah. And and <laughs> we were talking about it last week. And, it's a, And when they asked Bruce the question, was, he, he said no. Like, he pretty definitively said no. And maybe on the inside, he was thinking, oh, man, are we that bad? And then he gave his speech. He gave his Mark Paul Gossler speech. <laughs> uh, maybe that's exactly what happened. And I think the Giants had a couple of things maybe go their way that and not in the small way to kind of force something to happen. But they had, you know, Nolan Arenado as like just a, a slightly lucky break, you know, and being able to hit Rich Hill for whatever it is. They just had a couple of things happen for them and they took advantage of it. And what helped is the bullpen didn't blow it. Yeah. And. It seems like the difference between now and the first couple months of the, the second half was there. The Giants did get breaks the first second month, first few months of the second half. They just didn't do anything with them. You know, a guy would throw yeah. a ball away, and then you'd be like, "Oh, that's nice." And the next guy would ground out weakly on the second pitch, and they finally stopped doing that. And who knows why, folks? There's, I mean, what are the possible reasons for that? The other players are finally tiring down. It's the end of the season. Possible. <laughs> the giants players are more focused because it's near the end and they either want to get into the playoffs or, you know, they're just focused endings have a way of focusing us. Right. That is true. It could be that it could just be, you know, I can't, what other possible reasons could there be? Um, you know, Buster Posey getting over his back injury probably help. It feels like getting over injuries this late. This maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Buster Posey's had a tremendous amount of rest, and they certainly did not play him at first base. It feels like he played at first base a dozen times or less. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe he it just needed time. You know, it was the kind of thing that was a little bit tweaked, and the doctor said you can play through it or not. And either way, you're gonna it's gonna be pretty much the same thing. So he played through it, and for a while he wasn't the same guy offensively, but they needed him behind the plate. And now maybe he's back a little bit more. Uh, Gorky Hernandez, maybe playing, you know, played well this week too. He maybe made, he made some plays in center field uh, the other night that were helpful as well. And uh, I mean, Connor Gillespie not being a complete mess when he came in. I think it's strange that losing Eduardo Nunez, who is definitely one of their most talented, like physically gifted you know, scouting wise, he's definitely one of the most talented players on the team, bar none. Um, that they somehow played better without him this week <laughs> is strange. Uh, J- but, Joe Pan you know, finally hitting a little bit, probably helpful. He's hitting a little bit. I yeah, I think he looks better though for sure. Yeah, his at bats have looked better. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to you know. I think Span if Span is is heating up, holy holy crap. <laughs> right. so, uh, so, folks, this is a long, long, long discussion of, wow, what a wild week in Giants baseball. There is no good ex- – there's no one explanation for this. No. there Things just happen sometimes, and then we all kind of grasp ar- around for reasons why. There is no reason why. Before we get into the series preview, I do want to add another thing. I feel like we had spiritually – 
some sort of effect on this for two reasons. The Giants tanked after the All-Star Croncast. Yes. That's a fact. That's a fact. But the other part is, prior to that, in that All-Star Croncast and in the Croncast prior to that one, I had talked about, you know, there's this thing, this personality, this dark side to the Giants, the butt-ass Giants, and we haven't seen that yet this year. And every year it comes out. Oh my God, we got three months of it. <laughs> we did. It was not fun. This is the. This was. This was like the biggest butt ass giants in my lifetime that I can recall. Because the clear, the part of the butt ass giants is it's not permanent. So it's not two thousand and six or two thousand and seven or nineteen ninety eight. It's just. It it's a streak in the season where it's just like this is they look awful, you know, like 2003 or 2003 didn't have a butt ass giants until the playoffs. So, right. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I wouldn't say I apologize. I'm going to double down and say, I told you so, so <laughs> <laughs> but also we were both wrong, but in our season predictions, but you were, you were certainly closest without going over. Oh, what? Didn't I predict they'd win like 88 you games? You said mid-80s. mid I think I pretty much nailed that. Mm, 87, 87 is pretty close. We'll put it as a vote. Well, hold on. No, we can do this. Because I do this all the time when people say, uh, you know how you talk about, oh, I'm in my mid-20s or my mid-30s? I'm like, well, what does that mean? Well, when you're 30, you don't say I'm in my early 30s. You say I'm 30. So then you're early 30s would seemingly be 31, 32, 33. Your mid-30s then be 34, 35, 36. Your late 30s would be eight, seven, eight, nine. right? So you picked, yeah. you picked 87 wins, or you said, mid eight, you said mid-80s, that's 84 to 86, in my mind, in my way of doing it. But let's put it to a vote. Let's see what people say. Okay. I mean... All right. You were closest. I'm saying you won. Oh, clearly. I mean, yeah, you you were only off by 30 wins. If they so. had if the Giants had uh had yeah. <laughs> um you know, I don't know where those 30 wins came from. I mean, I guess Cueto <laughs> and Samarja had a hell of a season, I guess. I I assure you they were all in the first half. <laughs> they literally were. They had 57 wins by the break. <laughs> So there you have it. That's the season that was. Now let's take a look at the postseason that is. Um, Doug, they're playing the Mets. And- they're playing the Mets. They're playing the Mets for one game in New York. Bumgarner versus Cindergard uh, for all the wild cards. And one of the teams is going to win and then play the Cubs. Brian, which team do you think it will be? <laughs> well, it's the Mets. <laughs> okay. I think the Mets are going to win... Uh, I'll say the, my predicted score at the end of this analysis, but I have a couple of purely irrational but true facts to back me up. <laughs> One, the Mets and the Giants, when they get together, weird stuff happens. They are, they're a strange combination of teams. Like, not just the Aubrey Huff thing. There's the Heston no-hitter. You know, you have surprise plays all the way around. They're also, in a lot of ways, mirrors of each other. Um, 
And I feel like this Mets team is built like they're right now. They remind me of the 2014 Giants because at this point it's Syndergaard and I guess Bartolo Colon and then kind of flotsam and jetsam until they're actually pretty strong bullpen. Uh, and then their lineup has uh, an anchor in Cespedes and then Granderson's good. Uh, and then Conforto's kind of, he, he's an interesting guy, but basically the rest of their lineup is, is sort of piecemeal due to injury and just kind of uh, spiking here and there performance. Jose Reyes has been an interesting addition for them. Um, so when I think about that, I guess the, they're, they remind me of the 2014 Giants. They've got the home field advantage. I'm not even caring about the matchups historically versus Syndergaard, but Noah Syndergaard is a fantastic pitcher. The only thing I would definitely look at and say, oh, the Giants have it way over them in this case, and that's I feel like Terry Collins is a cartoonishly bad manager. <laughs> um, but I think you, I think even I, I think any critic of his critic of his can't go so far as to say he's a terrible manager, a hundred percent terrible manager because he wouldn't have been you know he's bad with the press he's bad in game management but the clubhouse seems to like him the players seem to like him and and that counts for something and having a good team covers your mistakes decision wise so I look at that and I go well I can't go for the Giants because then they'll they'll lose (laughs) Well, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with the Giants, and here's why. The Mets are the Mets. You can you can say what you want about the Giants, you know, choking during the season. Nobody chokes like the Mets. Nobody chokes like the Mets. I have two counterpoints to you. Last year, when the Mets didn't choke. And, Except in the World Series. Well, the Royals last year were on a... You know, they, they they gave the Giants everything the Giants can handle. And it is kind of a miracle that the Giants got out of Kansas City alive. And the Mets were able to wrangle the, the Royals for most of that series until they had to put their bullpen in. But the Royals did that to every team they played in that postseason. The Astros had them, and then they put the bullpen in, and the Astros and the Royals just blew up. every Like, every series, it was as soon as the, the pitching change happened – they just flipped a switch and they beat the crud out of players and they did the same thing to the Mets. So, and I'm going to counter with 2000 Bobby J Jones still stings. And I submit (laughs) any magician who can make Bobby Jones throw a one hitter when Barry Bonds and Jeff Kent are on your team and Ellis Burks and Ellis Burks. I contend that you are going in with a deficit (laughs) <laughs> so maybe the Giants' luck in the playoffs, because that's what it ultimately comes down to, is nullified by the Mets' giancy sorcery, like anti-Giant sorcery. I mean, I, I will say this. The Giants, uh, for their postseason run, their, their multiple postseason runs, they haven't really been exercising a lot of old demons, and this is a chance to do that, to beat a team who once shouldn't have beat them. Um, because you know the you know the the only team that I can remember them them playing who who's beaten them before is the Cardinals and that was 1987 yeah but the Braves you know they beat the Braves in the playoffs in 2002 yeah Uh, otherwise 
I don't think they'd faced any of those teams really before. And I, and yeah. now the, the Mets have, have done, let's be honest, a historical wrong that Bobby Jones should not have beaten that Giants team. That, that was an error of history. And now they have a chance to rectify it. And, you know, uh, the Giants have uh, not quite, but somewhat feels like in the ballpark of a Sonny Jackson at third base in Roberto <laughs> Kelly. That is true. And, you know, it just takes one of his, it seems like every game he has some sort of brain fart or, you know, not paying attention thing. And Michael Conforto is not Benny Agbayani out there, but, you know, Crawford might be held at third when maybe he should have gone. You never know. Um, so I feel like, and, and I would say we all are like, Oh, we're all on the bum garner train, but he really has tired out the last two seasons at the end of the year. And now he's going to have to throw seven or eight more innings. Cause God knows we don't want the bullpen coming into the game. Uh, and at this point, who do the Giants trust for the eighth inning and the ninth inning? I'm pretty sure the eighth inning just becomes matchups. And then the ninth is probably going to be Romo for this game. But I think we all, I think a large, the the, the pure fans, uh, the ones that are just like Giants, 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 everything Giants are like, well, Bumgarner is going to pitch a complete game. I don't see that happening. I don't see that <laughs> happening. I, I don't. I think uh, Cespedes is not going to shrink from the spotlight. Uh, I don't think any of the Mets are. And a lot of those players have been there before, too. So, I mean, this team was just in the in the World Series last year. But beyond that, Curtis Granderson's been doing this for a long time. Jonas Cespedes is a superstar. The bigger the spot, the bigger the stage, he steps up when that happens. You know, Jose Reyes has been around a long time. Um, I'm... I, blanking on literally everybody else on the team right now <laughs> but you know so to me it just feels like a tough matchup and and jury's familiar for their closer you know collins will pitch him the eighth and the ninth you know so you'll have to he'll he'll be tough um you've seen it many times this year so is this like the what i thought what I feared with the pirates in 2014, where it's like, Oh, the giants got lucky that they dodged the Garrett Cole bullet. Cause he would have killed them. But you know, Edison Volquez just randomly throwing a shutout feels like a very giantsy event to happen. I'm not a believer in the even year garbage. Doug, you should talk and keep telling me why I'm wrong. Why I'm wrong. <laughs> um, for the bullpen, I'd say it's obviously Roma for the ninth. They have uh, Will Smith for the eighth who has been very good lately. They have Hunter Strickland, who's been a little shakier, but he's a good pitcher. Uh, though Hunter Strickland, the playoffs, that's that could be fun. Hmm. They, have, uh, they have Derek Law, who has been getting his velocity back slowly over his last few outings. They have, uh, I don't know how long he'll be, if he'll be on the roster, because I don't know how many lefties they want to carry, but they have Stephen Okert, who Bochy has been trusting more, and other than the one pitch against the Padres, has generally earned it. Um, so they have a few guys and they have George Contos who I totally forgot because he's very good. And then we forget, and then people say he's not that good. And then he just doesn't give up runs and we forget about him. Um, so I would say that's sort of, those are the better players in the bullpen. Uh, and then I think the giants can be a tough matchup. I think that it's, you know, they're going to show up. I think I'm just going to spit every cliche I know at you right now 
I think they're big game players. I think they know this, the pressure of the situation. I think they're going to play like their lives depend on it. I think, etc. <laughs> That's all I got. People always, always, always forget about etc. Yeah, etc. <laughs> always forget to put that in there. Yeah, uh, and then to some degree, what? Who cares? Because then you just get the honor of getting your brains beaten in by the Cubs. I will say this: the Giants should have won three or four against the Cubs, and the that, Mets that swept the Cubs the last year. Yeah, so and that's is, not yeah that's not a fait accompli. Uh, it's nice to say that, but at some point, you know, I mean, the Cubs are a fantastically great team. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, they absolutely are. On the other hand, uh, the 2001 Mariners went out in the second round. Yeah, it can happen. And who knows? I mean, it's it's interesting because. This could be a year. I, at, at some point, it's going to be. It's going to happen. But it's funny that baseball is pretty consistent in how these things don't tend to work out. It should be the Nationals and the Cubs in the uh, NLCS. Yeah, it should be. They were they are the two best teams in the league this year. And uh, as much as Wilson Ramos is hurt, which is a big loss for the Nationals, mm-hmm. they are still the two best teams in the league. And make no mistake about it. That would be a fantastic NLCS, I think. Dusty Baker versus Joe Madden. Uh, this is a this Croncast is very pro Dusty Baker, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but this, this I, I would like to add an addendum: pro Dusty Baker, as long as he's not managing the Giants. <laughs> but even then, he was he was a good manager for the Giants at that time. I, I don't think anyone could have done better than he did. He he was great. He managed a really contentious clubhouse you know he had that scumbag jeff kent jeff kent we talked (laughs) about you know he had the diva barry bonds um which by the way uh working in hollywood divas are fine because if they're the ones if they're the if they're divas usually they just need a lot of help to do what they want to do which is work hard but then there are jerks who just want to be treated like divas but they don't give you the hard work that divas give, you know, like Mariah Carey might be a diva, for example, but Mariah Carey brings it when she does it. Right. You know, so these are the thing that's, these are the trade-offs when you're dealing with, with big things. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's a one game playoff. Anything can happen. The, the, an entire playoff run can turn on a single play, a single decision or missed decision, uh, a replay call, which will be very interesting if that happens. Um, an unlikely hero because it's one game. Uh, you never know. I think it would be cool if Bumgarner and Syndergaard homer off of each other. <laughs> That's something I would like to see. That would be cool. Um, I will say that. Um, well, first, Doug, do you have a let's let's be crazy? It's stupid, but it's a one game playoff, which is stupid and crazy. But makes I'm okay with that because it's a wild card and you should have won your division, jerk. Um, yeah. That's a good so, point. Yeah. So let's let's predict a score. What what's you've got the Giants winning? So what's your score? I'm gonna say five two. Five two Giants. I'm gonna say uh, seven or eight to one Mets. <laughs> Brian is Brian till the end. But here's the thing that I want to add in here. This, it feels like just 
jumping out of an airplane right now. You just got to let go. You know, once you, once you step off the plane, you're just in a free fall and, you know, just enjoy it. It's the giants are here. It's a one game playoff. Anything can happen. Win or lose. You know, I think if the giants lose, it's going to be disappointing, but if they go and get swept by the Cubs, it'll, you know, it feels like as you go further into the series, right into the playoffs that it, it feels harsher when you drop out there. You lose the one game playoff, it it stinks. And and we'll get over it. Uh you win it, now the pressure goes up a little bit more. Um I, I will say, I'm still kinda mad about that nineteen ninety eight one game playoff with the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It might just so suck. I need to go back and amend my statement. When I was thinking about this isn't nineteen ninety eight, what I meant was nineteen ninety six because right. I had bla- I had blacked out the nineteen ninety eight thing because that was that was a, a bummer. But that was that was during a drought. That save, by the way. Yes, but that was during a drought, right? Oh, a blown save would be tough if if Santiago Casilla blows the save in the wild card game. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. AT and T Park probably gets burned down at that point. Um, yeah. And Larry Bear would just be nodding, going like, "Yeah, that's that makes sense." <laughs> we had a lot invested in the stadium, but we shouldn't have put Casilla in a in a one run game in the eleventh inning. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is that is unequivocally true. Giants, because I know the entire Giants front office and coaching staff is listening to this. If it's a one run game in the eleventh inning. Do not put in Santiago Casilla. <laughs> I don't want Santiago Casilla facing Joanna Cespedes. I don't want Hunter Strickland facing Joanna Cespedes. So, uh, so that limits the options. But Romo versus Cespedes, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> Highly irregular, but I'll allow it. You know, if, if he gives up a homer, hey, sometimes it happens. Yeah. Uh, but he's looked great. And I know that the, I know Bochi doesn't want to stack his innings, but you know, he's definitely pitching Wednesday. He's got two days off and he's, uh, you know, till the next series starts, he'll have time off. So he'll have a day off. So I'm, you know, it's going to be Romo to close. If there's a safe situation, I think everyone's just saying like, Nope, Bumgarner is going to go all the way. I think that's silly. Um, because there's, yeah. you know, if it's a close game, they're probably going to need to pinch hit him more than anything. So, yeah, uh, that'll be different. It, it's going to be interesting to see how Bochi manages this all or nothing game. If, and let's face it, it most likely is not going to be like the pirates game last year where he didn't have to manage. Right. I would enjoy that by the way. I'm fine with it. If yeah. yeah I'm sure we all would, but I mean, let's face it. It's probably it, but I think we always say that, right? That seems like another cliche. Someone once did the study of how often does the player make the great defensive play in the previous inning and then in his next at bat in the next inning do something great. And it's like, it's just one of those things that we think happens a lot, but it doesn't. Uh, someone actually did a study on that, I think on baseball's perspectives, like maybe five years ago it, it was. I'm like, I wonder if anyone's done the study of – when it's like, oh, this is a marquee matchup. This is going to be a low-scoring game. So, And if you're watching the coverage, folks, you know this is what all the analysts are talking about. But how often is it like, oh, it's Kershaw versus Bumgarner? And usually those games are pretty tight. But I feel like most of the time it's like, oh, it's it's 6-1. to one. <laughs> or, or it's like it's 8-6. to six, And it's like, oh, okay, well, offense is out the window. Yeah. Or pitching's out the window. Um. 
are we happy that the Giants uh, crapped away an eight-game lead and looked like the worst and were the worst team in baseball in the second half of the season and got the the wild card game? Or you, Doug, a little disappointed that it's come to this? I'm not happy they crapped out their lead. Um, you said crapped away. I think they just crapped it out. I think they pooped. <laughs> And then the league was gone. And so they, they ate a delicious. They ate a delicious eight-game lead meal. Yes, and they should have not pooped it out. And the All-Star game was like a triple espresso that they drank, <laughs> and the caffeine pushed it right out as soon because that happened right after the All-Star break. Yeah, no, it was immediate. <laughs> so, or it was like sushi. It was delicious, but you know that just runs the mercury. It just runs right through you. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Uh, I would say that they get what they deserve. I mean, I'm disappointed, but I am going to be like, you know, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Right. <laughs> the most cutting thing you can say to your That's child. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, and so it'll be, you know, folks, it's just, I think if you're ride or die giants, you know, it's an adventure. It's a one game playoff, you know, and to take to steal the Vin Scully whole that whole experience is like you know, be happy that they got there, <laughs> right? I mean, if, at some point, yeah. If the second half was if before if in that McCovey Croncast in the middle of our big group call, God called us, <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Hey, the Giants are gonna be the worst team in baseball in the second half." Just so you know, <laughs> besides the fact that like half of that group would be like, I don't believe in God. This is a prank. Go to hell. <laughs> like The rest of us who might would be like, that's awful. God, why did you tell us that? <laughs> and she would say, well, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so I thought I'd tell you. She goes, but <laughs> like, like I said to Job, if you don't yeah. like it, make your own universe. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Which Job tried, and it was funny. <laughs> but she would then say, but at the end of it, the Giants get a one-game playoff. Would we all be making that Larry David? Eh, yeah. Face. Like, eh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, maybe some of the nerdier among us would be like, all right, what's the worst team in baseball going to do? So we just project, you know, the, we would take the Twins winning percentage and be like, all right, the Giants do this. Over the last however many games of the season, <laughs> like all right, eighty-eight game, uh, eighty-eight wins, fine, one game playoff, do it. I now want to extend this idea out further. Like, what if it drove Grant mad? <laughs> Getting baseball knowledge directly from God and what you're pitching—that's all the site became for the last for the next three months. <laughs> like it was just Grant doing the conspiracy theory yarn and doing the calculations. <laughs> But how can the best team in baseball collapse this way? It doesn't cosmically make sense. And yet it's happening. It'd be fun to watch Crank go mad is what I'm saying. Uh, As I'm sure most of us will now, waiting for the next two days, next day, (laughs) for this game to start. Two days, two days for this game to start. Uh, Doug, do we have any uh, Twitter questions before we sign off here? We do. Uh, Okay. First question from... Nathan James at side out par. If Gordon Beckham wears Connor Gillespie's jersey, will the Mets notice? Why would you want that? Connor Gillespie was great. He has been yeah. very good. Gordon Beckham is not a good player, uh, even no. though he can magically make teams better, apparently. Yes, that's right. 
Uh, oh, but to actually answer the question, yes, they would notice. Uh, Gordon Beckham is very goofy looking. And he wears batting gloves. It would be and he a wears dead batting giveaway. gloves. That would be, would be a dead giveaway. Yep. Uh, uh, <laughs> Scott DiGiorgio, at ScottyDG1. What is the Giants' internal temperature enough to be considered done? <laughs> um, uh, 76, 75 losses? 75 losses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I said they were done, and that, that's where they wound up. So. Just, you know, just want to point out, Brian said they uh, win 57 games. Instead, they lost 75. So, that's right. Illuminati. That's right. Illuminati. Uh, they were 11-23 and 23 coming out of the All-Star break, folks. That's, that's catastrophically bad. Very so, bad. If they had started the season 11-23, and 23, they would... They would be written off. Any, that you know, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Although they could have lost Matt. They could have traded Matt Duffy and Joe Panic and had Andrew Miller, Will Smith, uh, Eduardo Nunez, and Matt Moore. Yeah. And then we would be getting all Kelby Tomlins and all Ari Adrians. That's true. So, <laughs> feel fortunate you're in this world. Yes. Uh, so the, the next question, there's there are actually two questions that are very similar, so I'll just group them together. Uh, at CRPLS asks, where should the statue of Cy Block be erected? And <laughs> at Pierre, Pierre, Pierce Gridone asks, is Ty Block already a Hall of Famer? I'll take my answer off air. You will take your answer <laughs> on the air and you will like it. <laughs> um, I Well, I mean, we had talked about this uh, a few podcasts ago, maybe four or five, when we were talking about the Gaylord Perry statue, who are the next two giants who would be getting statues? Uh, well, I think Ty Block moves to the front of the line. Yeah, no, absolutely. He has to. Yeah. He's. Uh, yeah. It should yeah. be up before next year, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and out of respect, out of respect to Ty Block, the Mil- the Willie Mays one probably moves. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, Willie Mays one just moves to a let like it's still in that plaza, but it's in a sort of less yeah. central location in the plaza. That's right. That's like, right. It's, it's not the corner, the wall, like near yeah. the actual stadium. So you're walking by, like, oh, that's cool. Where's the tide block one? Alternatively, you could flip it, and Willie Mays stays where he is, but Block is larger, looming in the center of that plaza, and it becomes Block Plaza. I, I would also accept um, <laughs> you put Block in the middle of the intersection there at Third and King. <laughs> <laughs> or on the Caltrain station right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all good options. You go, the train goes right up between his legs. <laughs> <laughs> he is like the Colossus. That's right. <laughs> or the Titan of Bravos for those. People. There we go. Yeah. Ty- hey, Titan. Titan. Oh. Of Blockos. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That is awful. And that's our hashtag brand. There we go. To, to answer the other question, of course, he's already a Hall of Famer. Don't be stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next question comes from. Uh, Wait, hold on. They could just like redo the Gaylord Perry one. <laughs> That's true. I mean, the problem is uh, he doesn't throw a spitball, so they'd have to take. You know, the, the the guy who made it kind of secretly put some saliva dripping off the ball. But you have to look really close <laughs> to see it, so they'd have to alter that. I think that's the only reason they don't change that one. Someone should go and 
take a printed out picture of Ty Block and just tape it to the Gaylord Perry statue and then take a picture of it. And then that's, there we go. Um, next question comes from a green Bryce Bryce Green. I don't know. At Mikovicron. Oh, that's a mess. This poor guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He should get a better name or something. And he asks, does Brian really hate the Giants, and is he sad today? Meaning yesterday. <laughs> uh, I love the Giants, and I, t- I take every loss personally. Uh, I take every L personally. <laughs> uh, when you, you know, it's one of those things where you've got nothing else going on in your life, so your baseball team becomes a proxy. But baseball is a part of, every, you know, if you're a huge fan, it's a part of your life for half the year or, or longer. So it's this time investment that feels like, you know, every loss feels like, you know, that's three and a half hours I could have been spent making a life for myself. Right. <laughs> But the win, a win is a, it carries you through the rest of the night and into the next day, a loss and all this losing, it stacks up when you got a rough day, you've got nothing to look forward to. You're like, how are the giants going to torpedo my life again? Yeah. Um, but that's it. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a fun thing. I'm, I'm relieved the giants rolled it, you know, stumbled into the playoffs basically, but they swept the Dodgers to get there. That feels great. It does. That is really great. It's really good. <laughs> and I can, I don't know that you could say that the Dodgers weren't trying, uh, but the, it was like they weren't there. Like that's how well the Giants were playing. Yeah, they, the Giants were playing like the Dodgers were the second half Giants. Yeah, yeah. Like that was the uh, level of competition that was being put up by the Dodgers, which it's yeah. fun to be on the other side of that for several games in a row. I have no idea how this week would have shaped out if today was uh, the plan for the wild card game. <laughs> if the Giants are going to uh, to St. Louis, right? I, uh, I would I would be a wreck, and I would actually be like, "Oh, screw the Giants, just lose," because we've all been saying we hate them. They've been really bad, like hateably bad. And uh, and then they then they go and do something that totally redeems themselves. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Uh, I think uh, our our good friend uh, Drew Bader, I believe, had like seventy questions that we're only going to answer one or two of. He did, yes. So let's go with the the one that's right in our wheelhouse. Best Star Trek character to add to the Giants. He puts his money on Odo or Data and says you can't put any member of the Q continuum in. I would, in fact, say that Odo and Data should probably also be out. Um, yeah. That's not really fair. You know, Odo can Odo can basically make any catch. So, and then Data has superhuman everything. So that's that's unfair. Also, he can look like any player. So for substitutions. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot of, it'd, be, it'd be too sneaky. Um, all right. Yeah, they're out. So what player, what Star Trek character will we add to the Giants? And obviously no position would be, you know, so Cisco could be the manager or something like that, which is not what I'm pitching. But right. Is that the rules? Yeah. Is that the rule? Yeah. Position. <laughs> Everyone's tuning out right now. Um, I'm giving it such deep thought. I mean, I'm I'm saying uh what the Giants, I'm not saying this is who I'd add, but what they deserve is Neelix at shortstop. 
because he would be a terrible shortstop, and they played terribly. <laughs> what they deserve, what yeah. They deserve. And Neelix is an annoying character. Yeah, so exactly. That's uh, that that goes for sure. Uh, I guess you know you want you want a good play. You want to add someone on there. I don't know. I feel like Spock would be a good pitcher. Yeah, that's a good call. I would take Spock as as a pitcher, and and probably a relief pitcher. I feel like Spock's uh, more of a starter. I feel like that you want a reliever uh, who can throw ninety seven. I don't know that Spock can throw ninety seven, but he can kind of Maddox outthink you. And I think that's but that's that's, that's why I like him because he's very good under pressure, so he can triage a lot of situations. So I like him as a high leverage reliever. You could use him more often. Okay. That's that's all right. You got him as a starter. I got him relieving. Either way, Spock is a pitcher. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Spock has to be a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say for mine, I'm going to go with Major Kira, and I think she's a third baseman. Oh, really? Oh, I definitely picture her as a as a middle infielder. Or no, up I the think middle somewhere. I think she has. I think she has surprising power. She moves off the middle infield. Okay. <laughs> And she I was talking about her. Oh, she she has good range too. So yeah. <laughs> um, and- Major Kira, one of the greatest characters in Star Trek history, who yeah. is consistently underrated. Yes, that is unequivocally true. Uh, throw her some love, put her at third base, see where it takes you. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, I could. It would be fun to see Spock accidentally get in a jam and Major Kira like in the conference on the mound kind of jamming him up or firing him up. She's like, get your head in the game, Spock. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're totally geeking out. Do we have any other questions? Uh, do you want to take one more from Drew Bader? We'll take one more, Drew. Drew, again, we'll pick one or two. Okay, we, we appreciate yeah. the questions, but yes. we're, we have to call because yes. we have so much yes. time. So, much time. Uh, yes. so let's end it with and somebody already, uh, there were a couple of responses to this on Twitter, but we'll ignore those. Which giant would be the most fun to be around when they were drunk and the least fun? Oh, that's a great question. That is. I hadn't seen that one. Uh, what were some of the answers? Uh, it was it was from some it was from somebody saying I've actually had drinks with Sabian and, and Bochi one night in 2012. It was from Weed Detective Wolfman Zach. I think I've seen him mention the story before. I, I'm thinking just of the players because I know Bochi would be fun to be around when he's drunk. Yeah, he would. And I think I think both of them would be. Sabian and Bochi would be fun to be around when they're drunk. I think um, I think Roma would be fun to be around when he was drunk. I disagree. Oh, really? It's interesting. I think Pagan would no, I don't think I don't know about Pagan either. Hmm. I disagree about Romo, but all right, Roma's your vote? All right. Romo for right. best, yeah. He seems he seems like a good like a good guy like he seems like I mean I'm sure there would be days he'd be a bad drunk but there seems it seems like he would know how to have a good time like in a way that maybe you know it would be an unexpected good time like he would throw on the music and like suddenly there'd be 12 friends of his there and they'd all be awesome and he'd be like when yeah. did that happen <laughs> Like I'm that's cool possible this, but when did that happen yeah, that's possible. All right, that's good. You, you didn't quite turn me all the way around, but you weren't trying to. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I would definitely not want to be around a drunk Hunter Strickland. Yeah, that was actually the answer that Wolf and Zach gave for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. No, I just something's getting broken, punched, or shot. That's I. I agree. 
uh, and I don't. I think he'd if he was listening to this because we know he vanity somethings everything. <laughs> he would probably be like, "No, that's that's a feature, not a bug." Yeah, <laughs> my being drunk, and then I would say strong disagree, Hunter. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I th- I feel like Pagan would be fun, but I'm trying to pick maybe you know would Joe Panic be the most fun, or would he just it would be funny to watch? Maybe it'd just be funny to watch Joe Panic drunk because I think he would be like a happy drunk, and it cracks his his Buster Posey esque robot veneer. I w- I wonder if it would, or if he would just fall asleep at some point. That's my well, I, he'd probably fall asleep quickly yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah. um, but he might be someone who would be fun to see drunk but would he be the most fun I like the Romo answer I'm, I feel like I'm coming around on that <laughs> but I, you know what I got I've got the ace in the hole Johnny Cueto oh my god yeah of course that's, that's a I don't answer. think jo- I think Johnny Cueto it's kind of like a Firefox <laughs> zip zip road thing I just think the alcohol pushes him to a next level of fun uh, or he gets in that sleepy drunk phase, but he's still going to like goof around before he passes out. Right. Yeah, no, there's, <laughs> and there's really only good possibilities that you'll die. Johnny Quito. Um, uh, Madison Bumgarner probably feels he's kind of, I feel like the, he's the opposite with Hunter Str- than Hunter Strickland, even though they're both country boys. Cause I don't think all country boys get violent when they're drunk. Hunter Strickland just seems like he's wound so tight. Yeah. Connor Gillespie might be another person. I don't know. I feel like Connor Gillespie unwinds when he gets drunk. Yeah. No, I could see that. I could see that for sure. Yeah. I wonder if uh, maybe this is probably the same with Brandon Crawford. Yeah. And Span. I don't think Span's a tight, yeah, tightly wound guy. Not tightly but I can see him. I, I can see him being like relaxed a little bit more, though. Yeah. Pence. Oh, I bet Pence is a sloppy drunk. <laughs> if we're going down it. Uh, good questions this week, everybody. Good questions. Uh, yes. Uh, we didn't pick our player of the week or game of the week, but uh, so let's sneak that in real quick before we sign off. Oh, we player of the week. Uh, well, ooh, it's a tough call because there's basically two. I, I got a couple options I like. Uh, Do it, man. It's the end of the regular season. There's no rules. Here. All right. I'm taking both Pagan and Ty Block. Excellent. Those are really the only two answers. You can't not take either of them. And then game of the week is, is Block versus Kershaw. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's how we do it every week on the McCovey Croncast, which uh, who knows what's going to happen going forward. It's kind of exciting, but definitely going to be filled with despair. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back um, at some point next week, maybe a little bit later after the wild card and who knows what else. But um, I'm at every sixth day on Twitter, Doug. I am at Moonwalk McFly on Twitter. And we also have for our show a Twitter page at Mick Croncast. And you can always review us on iTunes. We certainly would appreciate that. Um, give us an F. Other people do. <laughs> but really, give us the five stars or whatever. And if you have suggestions uh, or if you'd even like the show to continue, <laughs> if you think it shouldn't or should, uh, appreciate your comments below. Uh, we're going to put as a poll question for sure uh was doug's mid 80s prediction satisfied by the giants 87 wins is 87 wins considered to by you to be mid 80s <laughs> so that is our show thanks for listening have a great day all right bye